Francois, you will come to read to us. If you'd like to follow the first reading, it's on page 546 of your Pew Bibles. 546. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? that you are mindful of him, the son of man, that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Luke chapter 2 and can be found on page 1028 of the Pew Bibles. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year and all that. Let's just bow our heads and pray, Father. We pray that at the start of this year, you would speak into our lives. 
And Father, keep doing that. Please. All through this year. Amen. (coughs) Folks, I'm going to be preaching from that uh, merry psalm, Psalm 8. (laughs) And what I want to do is I want to encourage you that you are crowned. You are crowned with glory and honor. You are honored and precious in God's sight, and he loves you. So let's look at this together. As you know, at this time of year, Ian encourages us to um, think about reading the scriptures. And, and there's various ways which he sent out um, for you to follow. And I want to encourage you to do it. Um, every year, I, 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 well, I don't read the whole Bible in a year. What I do is I start in Genesis, I go all the way to the end of the Old Testament, and then I start again. And all through the year, I also read a 10 or 20 chapter verses from, from the New Testament and just work my way through. And, and that's worked for me for years. It's dead simple. And, and, and if you do it every day, it's, it's, it's great. That's the thing about reading the scriptures. Read it daily. Because God wants to speak to you every single day. I do know that when you get to Leviticus and 1 Chronicles, you might lose the will to live. (laughs) But hey-ho, that's life. It was important to them then. When you're reading the scriptures, this is the important thing to bear in mind. The scripture is fundamentally about relationship. Relationship and experience. What you're reading about in all those pages is you're reading people's experience of God and people's experience of one another and their world. Yeah? But it's always in the context of relationship. To understand the scriptures properly, we need to look for the relationship. What's the relationship that's being talked about here? And all the way through, God is telling us about himself and about us and about the kind of relationship that we can have with him and with one another. The whole thing is in in those terms, experience and relationship. And so as you're reading it, be looking for those things. What were these people experiencing that they wrote these things? So let's, let's go. Thank you very much, Timothy. <laughs> That's blessed me. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you've ordained praise. Look at the next part of that. Because of your enemies. To silence the foe and the avenger. To silence the foe and the avenger. What, what is he talking about? Hey, you must admit it is pretty strange, isn't it? Yeah? Shall I read it again? You set your glory in the heaven, your glory above the heavens. 
From the lips of children and infants, you ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Now, doesn't that look to you strange? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And this is how I want to exposit it. He's a young dad. And he's got his three kids, and he's down on St. Juan's Beach. His little, the, the youngest is just a little girl, very, still quite small, six months or so. The other two, the other little boy, the boy's the eldest, and then there's a middle girl. She's, she's, she's a couple of years old. And he's down there on the beach, and the sun is going down. And it's magnificent. Hey? And he's there with his kids, because his wife's told him to get out the house while he does the meal. <laughs> while she does the meal. He wants a break from the kids for a while. Yeah? And the little child, the youngest, is googling away and waving his arms, her arms. And the middle child is finding things and, look, Daddy. Look, look at this. Look at this shell I found, Daddy. Yeah? And the little boy is running here, there, and everywhere. Okay? And there's this dad. And he's had the most terrible day at work. He's arrived on the beach seething. Yeah? He's remembering, he's thinking about how he's going to get back at those people when he gets to work tomorrow. And as he sees his children and as he interacts with his children and he watches his children and he adores his children, it starts to all go into perspective. There's the beauty the glory and there's the children and the anger and the fire in his heart starts to go down the foe and the avenger gets silenced when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man, that you care for him. You've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and have crowned him with glory and honor. Now, what I want you to notice is this. He's, he's looking up at the stars and all their, their magnificent splendor. We lived, as you, men, as you know, many years in, in sunny Zimbabwe. And, and the great thing about in the evenings in Zimbabwe is my wife would be in the kitchen there trying to cook the food as fast as she could because she knew the power was going to go off. <laughs> At some stage, they never told you it was going to go off, but it's going to go off. And the whole thing's going as fast as you can. <laughs> and then, bam, place goes into complete darkness. Yeah? We find the candles. My daughters would get really angry because one of them was on the computer trying to do her homework. And then we'd go, we'd, we'd 
go outside and we'd light a fire in, 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 on the ground underneath the trees outside. And what was the, the wonderful thing about it? Once we'd settled down and worked out what we were going to do, was the night sky. Because everywhere had no electricity. And when there's no ambient light, the sky is a magnificent sky. Hey? An African sky, just no clouds, just awesome. It's the same here. We've been having some lovely days. But here there's a lot of light around. And it's quite hard to see it. Yeah? And as you look into this awesome creation... With all the stuff which is out there. And they keep on finding more and more and more and more, don't they? They keep discovering more. What other creatures are there in distant galaxies? And then the psalmist says, well, who is, what is man that you are mindful of him? This... This, these, these planets which have been around for millions and millions and millions and millions of years. And here we are on this planet. 60, 70, 80, sometimes even 100 years. Not terribly long compared to the great span of time. And the great span of the universe. But notice what he says. What is man? He's asking, what is man that you are mindful of him? But the force of the original Hebrew is, it's not just that God occasionally thinks about you and me. God thinks about you and I continually. The psalmist is asking, why God do you think about me all the time? Why do you never stop thinking about me? Surely there's got to be other stuff in the universe that you've got to do. (laughs) Surely you must get busy doing something else. No. God thinks about you and me continually. Continually. Yeah, I know you and I. I don't know about you, but I know I blow it. <laughs> eh? But God doesn't think, oh, well, that's that. Tim's just gone, stepped over the line this time. I'm going to stop thinking about him. No, he never, ever, <coughs> ever stops thinking about this. All the time. God cares for you. Continually. The sun was starting to set. We were in a, we'd been out fishing and I was with my two girls. They were just about 14 and 12 at the time. <laughs> we were on the banks of, of the Matusadona National Park, which is part of um, Lake Kariba. We'd been out fishing on Lake Kariba. And we'd taken, we, we were camping at this place called Chingacheri Eri. And it was one of those lovely 
campsites, which was very, very rustic and quite dangerous. Uh, but, but it was, it, and we were, we had the place to ourselves, which was lovely. And so we drove in to this little bay to go home because we, it, sun was starting to go down. <laughs> and there on the bank was this enormous herd of buffaloes. Now the African buffalo is a, is a very violent creature. It kills people. And there's this herd of buffalo and our campsite's over there. My deputy commander, my wife, <laughs> at that stage was ready to throw me over the side of the boat. Look what you've got us into. We couldn't get back to Kariba town because it was, it was quite a long way away, right across the, the lake, and the sun was going down. So we were actually in a pickle. <laughs> the other problem, of course, is the crocodiles start to go hunting. As, as the evening comes on. <laughs> so, Daddy was continually endangering his family. He said, girls, we've got to pray. And that was actually quite obvious. We did actually have to pray. <laughs> so we joined hands and, and said a prayer. No sooner had we finished praying, than we looked up and there on the ridge, over there, was a a truck driving along with, with a whole lot of tourists on it, doing it, having a game drive. And so we shouted from the boat and waved our hands, and they turned their binoculars from looking at the buffalo because they hadn't seen us, and looking down on this family <laughs> on the shore. And so we, we shouted to them, yeah, come and help us. And they, I don't think they could hear us. But they clear, could clearly see by our gestures that we were asking for something. So they drove around, and at the, at where they stopped, there was a, the, the guy who looked after the camp, and two or three fishermen lived in this little human settlement there. But they couldn't get to us because of this herd of buffalo. And, and we, could now, we were now within hailing distance. <laughs> And amongst them was a ranger. But the ranger was saying to us, I can't do anything to help you because, yeah, he would have carried a gun, but you got a herd of buffalo. I mean, what are you seriously going to do? And, and he, was, he just thought, well, I'd, I'd better go on and take, take these people, carry on the game drive. But I, we could tell that the tourists were wanting him to do something. <laughs> the tourists didn't want us to be left where we were. And in this situation, we heard three loud, distinct bangs. And this herd of buffalo parted. Seriously, this happened. Now these, these are wild animals that kill people. And they just quietly parted. And the ranger then just walked down very quietly so as to not spook the animals. Helped, us, helped me to get the girls out of the boat. And we walked back through this herd. 
And it was just as if we were walking through a herd of Jersey dairy cows. They were just quietly looking at us, munching away with grass sticking out of their mouths, having a little ruminate here and there. All the way up, we got safely to the human settlement. We said to them, because they, they were obviously there watching as well by that stage, we said to the, to, to the guys who ran the camp, we said to them, thank you for doing that banging. And they said to us, we heard it, but we did not do it. Eh? Your God is mindful of you all the time. He's mindful of you when you're in a pickle and you seriously need some help. Yes. And he's mindful of you just as you go around with your daily work. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and have crowned him with glory and honor. You are crowned with glory and honor. And you say to me, Tim, when did I get crowned with glory and honor? When did that happen? And I want to suggest to you that it was a two-phase, a two-stage process. The first stage, the first stage when you were crowned with glory and honor was when your Savior died on the cross for you. When he died for you, that was your crowning with glory and honor. That's how precious you are in God's sight. You're that precious that the Son of God died for you. Yeah. Quite literally. And if God the Almighty One came into the world to live as one of us and then die for us on our behalf to take away our sin, to give us new life, that's glory and honor. It is. It's glory and honor. You can't be loved more than you are loved. You can't be. You cannot be more loved today than you are. It's impossible. Because Christ has died for you already. And the blood of Jesus is sufficient for all our sins. The blood of Jesus is for us, for each one of us. And the second point in which we get crowned, crowned glory and honor is when we accept it for ourselves. Because okay? we can miss the glory that is ours by refusing the Son and refusing to believe the Son and put our trust in Him. But as we put our trust in Jesus, the glory and honor won for us through the cross 
gets applied to our lives. Our sins are forgiven. Eternal life is ours. And we've got new life in Christ. Glory and honor. And then the psalmist goes on. You made him ruler over the work of your hands. You put everything under his feet. All flocks and herds. The beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. The fish of the sea. All that swim the paths of the sea. This is how Hebrews interprets those verses. In putting everything under him. God left nothing that was not subject to him. Yet at present we don't see everything subject to him. Meaning man. But we see Jesus. Who was made a little lower than the angels. Now crowned with glory and honor. Because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God. He might taste death. For everyone. Your savior has tasted death for you. So that you don't ever have to taste the bitterness of eternal death. Jesus died so that we don't have to die eternally. God has caught up our lives with his life in the person of his son. Crowned us with glory and honor. And raised us to life by tasting death for us. Hallelujah. Amen.